Welcome to the Fitness Candor Podcast. Your host, Eric Feigl, will be bringing you the truth about exercise and the fitness industry. You'll hear from fitness professionals, exercise science professors and researchers, fitness industry entrepreneurs and leaders, as well as people who simply love to talk shop. Stick around after the show to learn how you can get your topic in an upcoming episode. Enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Fitness Scanner Podcast. I'm joined today by my good friend, Bill Pache, the uh, creator of cyberpump.com, aka Old Man Shredded. And uh, we... <laughs> We've started an, an ongoing monthly series um, discussing proper training techniques for certain certain body groups. So this is our second muscle group, and we're going to be talking about back training today. And just a heads up, um, I'm not sure what Bill's got going on on his end. We're on different time zones. I'm on Eastern. He's on Central. But I'm still doing food prep, and it's about 11.15 in the morning right now. So I'm on my phone. I think Bill's on his phone. So if it gets a little choppy, um, I apologize. I'll do my best to, to edit as much as I can. But Bill, thanks for taking the time to uh, jump on an early podcast. I appreciate it. Hey, no problem, Eric. It's it's getting a lot of fun talking with you. And like I said, I probably could be talking the whole afternoon if you let me. Right. Yeah, me too. So so I think we we left off um, talking about you know the, about leg training and what it takes to develop legs. And when you and I started talking about what it takes to develop back, a lot of things, and this goes across the board, I think, with a lot of exercises, is people like to use, number one, too much weight, and or, number two, they, they don't use proper form, so they're, you know, they're either swinging a weight or they're letting the weight bounce, and they're using momentum, and um, maybe not locking a joint when they should be locking a joint, and that could, you know, that's a little of a of an iffy subject most people say you know you shouldn't lock a joint if you don't have to but i kind of disagree in certain exercises um you know it's part of the full range of motion thing so i really want to talk about how you train your back right now how i train my back and then what we both see people doing wrong and how people can maybe get the best out of their back training Sounds so so tell us a little bit about your history with uh, training your back, what you do now, what you see people do wrong, and we can kind of go from there. Okay. Um, quick history. Um, of course, um, many, many years ago when I first started, uh, again, influence of muscle builder power in the whole connection to um, powerlifting and bodybuilding at that point in time. Um, what Seeing Franco Colombo deadlifting, um, I thought the way to the best back uh, development was through deadlifts period and with some accessory um, added in after the fact especially when I started competing in powerlifting and so the deadlift was my mainstay for a, quite a while and then the pull up or chin up was the the quote accessory is is a follow-up very and uh, one arm dumbbell rows so those basically those three exercises were the staple for decades actually um, now again, I've as we've talked about before, I've transitioned to um, not deadlifting um, whatsoever. Um, and a good part of that is also not deadlifting. Period. With any weight, has to do with the liberties I took uh, when I was younger for that uh, time period of training. And I actually uh, love using the hammer strength plate loaded machines. Um, oh, yeah. the, high row, the high row and low row make up 
my back um, training primarily right now today. So how do you how do you use that? What what's your well actually before we get into that, I want I want to I want to talk about deadlift for a little bit because, um, and this is probably a controversial thing too, but I don't even consider a the deadlift, um, a a back targeted exercise. I I consider it more of a hamstring exercise, and maybe I'm a little biased towards like Arthur Jones training and things like that. But when I use when I use a a big muscle, I don't care if it's like. If you're using kettlebells, if you're using dumbbells or barbells, I always like to throw that in with leg-specific training and usually towards the end of a workout. Um, I know people feel it in their back. It's great for upper back development, for trap development. For uh, Some people say they feel it in their low back, which you know may be good or bad, but um, I like to use that just for glute and hamstring, definitely hamstring training. But we're going back. I think we're going, I'm, I'm taking it backwards to, to leg training. But Tell us what your your back training looks like. Okay, so to kind of jump on what you just said, so I I agree with you 100 percent at this point in time as well that it really is especially the way a lot of people do the exercise that it really um, and and I want to point out the and again this is controversial because you know it's almost blasphemy today and a lot of people you even see online and everything that are training people. Um, not that the deadlift, there's a lot, if you just take bodybuilding as an example, there's a ton of bodybuilders at all the different levels, including a, a ton of, of quote pro bodybuilders that don't deadlift that have a uh, full complete back development. So to say that it's a, a mainstay for back development, I agree with you hundred percent. I just don't believe it is at this point in time, which is why I don't do it today plus past injuries I've had. So um, as far as what I do today, again, we've talked about the way I do these, I, I call them mini sets. And again, I spend more time uh, very, very carefully warming up. And let's take the high row, for example. I, I will set up, um, you know, six tens, uh, for example, 12 tens, and, and basically start with a plate and, and start with a set of eight and, that set of eight, for example, is, is a warm up on the way up with weight. And I take no rest in between. So what I'll do is basically, again, very controlled uh, pause and squeeze. And I will start adding tens basically until I get up to say six tens on, on a side. And then I will go all the way back down to the plate again. And just long enough, and I very quickly change the weight, get up very quickly change the weight and then reset. And the mini sets end up being, I actually reduce, once I'm warmed up and on the way up, I actually reduce those to five repetitions. And I will take that last weight and I will pause and contract for up to, you know, at least three to five seconds. And then on the way down, when I start dropping the weight, um, I actually hit failure where I can't get the five reps on the way back down from that standpoint. And again, perfect, perfect control pause and squeeze on every repetition and by the time I'm done I'm I'm breathing like a steam engine and yep. what I'll typically do is I'll, I will then jump over to a preloaded uh, hammer strength low row and add on uh, a couple mini sets of with basically five to ten seconds in between and, and so my my back routine takes a, f a fraction of the time and I don't really hit anything lower back directly 
because I'm at, I actually am at a point now where I can actually um, feel and contract um, just even staying in the proper p position when I pause and squeeze all the way down from the top all the way down to into the lower back and spinal erectors. So that's it in a nutshell at this point in time. And again, very specific to my training at this point in time after training for three decades and, and again, taking liberties in what I'm doing. And it works for me. Um, at, and yep. I want to put that disclaimer because uh, you have to do, regardless of where you're at, you have to do something that works for you and you enjoy doing. And I really get, it's very, I feel very good after, nothing hurts abnormally, uh, obviously because of the control <laughs> I'm using as well. And so I just get a great, great back workout. And, and again, uh, I want to emphasize that I'm at a point in time where, where I'm able to, and, and it's not BS, the mind-muscle connection and get very good contractions and feel, feel and contract. And by the time I'm done, what, what starts to happen is, is you start losing that, that connection and you know yeah. that you just completely smoked. Um, but, yep. but I'm actually feeling the muscle. So two things. Let's, let's go back and talk about um, your, the time the workout lasts. And let's talk about your tempo during the exercises. Because I think that's uh, a lot of people want if – they, if, they, if they think that you're cramming a lot of work in in a short amount of time, I think a lot of people uh, might see you, you know, swinging weight and just trying to bang out as many as you possibly can. But that's not necessarily true. So we're talking about time under tension. What, uh, what does your total time look like when you're working out? Is it like under 17 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes? It's probably, I would guess 15 minutes. I've not timed back. I've, I've done legs as we've talked about before, which was somewhere between 10 to 15 minutes. So again, when I'm perform smooth on the repetition, not super slow. And, and there's no, you're not going to see, hopefully if you're to watch me, you're not going to see any difference between when you know I, I've got it fully loaded when I'm going up to the top at the highest weight versus what I just start with with just a 45 on each on each side, for example, on, on the the high pole. Um, and so we're talking about what three four seconds probably on the concentric, and and the same thing goes on you know, the eccentric as well. Um, so. So uh, it really doesn't take – see, uh, people underestimate how much time they're taking in between sets and everything. And when I'm, when I'm talking about I'm probably less than 10 seconds to, to jump up and change the weight. I don't lollygag at all. I mean, I have, right. the, that, I have the weight ready from that standpoint and, and I don't, since I don't train with a partner. Yeah, yeah, and that's, that's crucial. Okay, cool. So um, I think what, what I've been doing lately in terms of um, back training – and this is very, very abnormal for me because I don't, I mean, I'm such a full body training advocate and I know you are too. I know you see the benefits of full body training too, but like you said, you know, it's like, it's about doing what works for you, you know, being as time efficient as possible. In my opinion, I don't like, I mean, I spend, you know, nine hours, 12 hours a day with, with clients in a gym. When I train myself, I want to get in and I'm going to get out and I want to have a great workout. So I, uh, I've been doing. I've been doing a push day and then a, or a pressing day and then a pulling day back to back for upper body. So my pulling day right now, which is kind of, and maybe you disagree, but it's semi inspired by you because now what I'm doing is I'm picking uh, three exercises and I'm doing three sets uh, of about 12 to 15 repetitions or until I hit failure. So my workout right now um, on Tuesdays, my pulling day I'll do a seated, it's a Nautilus, um, Nautilus row, seated Nautilus row, 
and I'll do, I start out at about 200 pounds and I'll get about 12 to 15 repetitions and my pace, the first three reps of every set, I try to go as slow and as controlled as possible. Because after that, like if you try to move super fast, you can't, you won't be able to. The first three, the first three repetitions of every set is probably the most crucial and or the most dangerous that you can possibly do. Because if you start off moving super fast and super, super aggressive, well then your body just automatically says, okay, we're pulling as hard as we possibly can right now. Let's give it all we got. So you're not gonna get as many repetitions and you're, you're uh, being more susceptible to, to injury. So I start off super slow for the first three set, first three repetitions. And then I just, I grind out as, as many after that as I can, which would be, you know, another hopefully 10 to, to 12 uh, reps. And then I put it down, put the weight down. I don't change the weight. I rest for one minute, get up, kind of walk around and, and just get focused for the next one. And then I do that two more times. And if I, if I don't get to my 12th repetition on the second set, then I'll lower the weight. So I make sure I get the repetitions. So I'm not that concerned about hitting uh, the weight. So I might even drop down, you know, 10 pounds, go down to 190 or, or maybe 185 and hit that row. And then I have one minute after that third set. And then I go to a machine pullover. So I give my grip a break and I go over and I hit the, the Nautilus machine pullover with the exact same kind of intensity, the exact same pace, um, which by that time, I mean, I, I'm lucky to get, you know, if I start out at about 145, 150 pounds, by the second or third set, I have to drop it about 10 to 20 pounds to get, to get the repetitions. So I'll take as many breaks as I need to adjust the weight and then go right back at it finish the set, take a one minute break, hit it again, and then I rest. And then my third and my final um, exercise is, a, is just a close grip, reverse grip uh, pull down. So my hands are just outside of shoulder width, palms facing my face, and I'm like squeezed into the, the pads as much as I can be. And I'm as strict as I can without letting my shoulders, you know, go to my ears, if that makes sense. I try not to overextend. I keep it everything locked in, nice and controlled down, same pace. Um, and then when I'm done with my third set, I sometimes have been uh, throwing in a, a barbell shrug or a dumbbell shrug at the end and just nice and controlled, super, super lightweight, nothing, nothing heavy. So I'm not jerking it up. I'm pulling with my shoulders all the way up. But so that's right now in a nutshell, <laughs> that, that takes me uh, probably if I'm if I'm, if I'm uninterrupted, I don't have to move around clients or trainers. I get in and out in about 17 minutes, I think. has been my, awesome. my, yeah, my, my last one, 17 minutes. But I tell you what, Bill, what I've been doing, I don't know if you've used fat grips before. You know what I'm talking about? Yep, I have. Dude, I've been doing that the past two weeks. I just completed like my second week of fat grip training. And first of all, I've had to lower my weight for the pull down because I mean, by the end of it, you're, I mean, my grip's shot. So I'm going to toy with that for the next like two or three months and see what happens to my, to my overall um, training and, and the numbers that I see. But um, so anyway, let's, let's talk a little bit about what we see people doing that people can correct to get the most out of their back training. So how about you start off with um, when you first started training, what did you see people doing wrong that you recognize now? Um, just 
using again we talked about it it's, it seems again to be the most basic thing but just using too much weight period and and if you look at the, the notorious pull down for example um that they get very very so when they start the pull down they start using their lower back and upper body to and and move in a backwards motion to get it started okay and we're using a lot of momentum and then by the time if they even get it to the proper position which oftentimes they don't um it's all done through momentum and then they're almost basically starting the re reverse basically with again uh no real tension created at the in the back or very little from that standpoint and uh, so that's probably what the biggest mistake uh, you know i see you know period in the gym is is again using too much weight and then especially the pull down is because a lot of people do pull down so i basically see that almost i swear every time i go train i see someone doing pull downs improperly yeah, so we, you and I talked about the the pull down specifically last uh, podcast, and we, I uh, I remember when I was probably a freshman or or maybe a sophomore in college, but I was training, um, and they had a you know super small weight room at the time, and I was training, and one of the guys who I guess oversaw, he was one of the directors, came over, former bodybuilder, big guy, just you know, just thick and super nice. He walks over and he's like, hey, you know, let me show you how to do this correctly. And I'm not kidding, Bill. He had me like laying where I was almost just like vertical. Not, I'm sorry, not, not vertical, but like uh, uh, perpendicular to the ground. Like it was insane. I was almost laying back in the machine. And, uh, <laughs> it, it, and he's like, no, now, now you start up top and then you row all the way back. You pull all the way to the chest and lean back. I'm like, I'm like okay, you know, and I actually, I, I mean, at the time, I didn't know any better. So I was performing, you know, those, those exercises like that. And as I learned to know more about how the muscles worked and how to move properly, um, I completely abandoned that philosophy altogether. But I, I still say people do that now. I see I have clients, actually, that come to me um, that I have to actually retrain because maybe they've worked with another trainer who've taught them to lean back really far and you know get a little momentum let your shoulders come out almost come out of the socket you know to, to get momentum to pull it back down but i think that's one of the most that and sometimes i see people doing you remember in those old arnold schwarzenegger videos if you've watched uh, pumping iron you can see him like stretch all the way forward and pull all the way back and lean back as far as you can for like a seated row do you remember yep. seeing those yeah yep and uh yep and i still i still see people do that um, especially when they're working with like a cable row, but um, a lot of the machines nowadays, like a, a Nautilus machine, are built to where you can't really go forward without letting the weight rest. So, um, so let's talk about yeah. yeah. Let's, the other thing. Oh, go ahead. Well, I was just going to mention one. If you're using a machine that has a chest pad, um, mm -hmm. that means your chest needs to be on the pad the whole movement. <laughs> That's the other thing. It's right. like it's like okay you're doing chest supported people are doing chest supported rows and their chest is off at at least half the time yeah you know, when you're doing it because again they're using they're pulling their upper torso back off of the pad um, yep. anyway what were you going to say well i was just going to say let's talk a little bit about the different types of grips that people use and why you prefer one grip uh in the pull down than another um because i'm i'm you know, when we first we first talked about back training, I and I'm not a huge fan for most people 
to do super wide grip uh, pull downs. Mostly because a lot of the research shows that no matter what grip you're using, you're still working the exact same muscle group. Yep, so I think exactly. It's, I, so I think it's safer to do a, a neutral grip where your palms are facing uh, your face. And you're about, you're either just outside your shoulders or you're just inside your shoulders. Now, you know, if, if someone is like dead set on doing a wide grip, I don't have a problem with that at all, honestly. I think the really, I think the biggest thing is Make sure you have the white, the right weight, and if you can, really pay attention to your elbow placement because I think a lot of people start developing some kind of uh, inflammation in their elbows because when they pull down from a wide position, their elbows are no longer going back towards their, uh, their, their back rib cage. They're going inside, and they're starting to bend the wrist, which puts impingement on your elbow, and then you get some kind of inflammatory effect, and people start complaining about elbow pain. But that can all be eliminated just by doing doing a neutral grip or an overhand uh grip just outside the shoulders i think that's much more beneficial what about you i yeah i agree with you 100 percent. i'm not um i really don't believe in for the same reason that going wide which is not normal to begin with is is going to be anything good from a from a performance <laughs> standpoint regardless if you just look at common sense especially even even your shoulders this the the strain from a shoulder standpoint so i i agree with you exactly 100 100% on that and at least when i was doing you know chins and weighted chins back decades ago i was i think it was probably through dr ken where where it had come up that the old uh you know behind the neck and wide grip probably when i was reading his articles uh said that you know you really don't want to do that and so, um, yeah, so I'm with you a hundred percent on that. And then the other thing is that you want, if you're trying to work your back, you don't want to have your biceps being take, taking over the movement. So anything that is going to be doing that, um, if you're doing an exercise, whatever grip, if, if you're doing the exercise and your biceps are getting a majority of the work and getting you're getting this huge bicep pump, then you're not really connecting in with your back and you're not getting your back as effectively as you could be yeah and that's a, that's really tricky too because then you really like you said that mind body connection you really got to be in tune with where you're feeling it if you're coming down and you're squeezing more bicep than you are back then um some adjustments definitely need to be made and yep. so so to go off of what you said about the behind the back uh pull down fortunately i w i'm of the generation that uh all of the science came out probably I guess like in the 90s-ish, late 90s, or early, maybe maybe early to mid-90s, that, that was no longer a very valuable exercise because of AC joint impingement. So, uh, but I see people who come in who are that are, you know, around your age, in their 50s, who when I say we're gonna do a lat pull down, they'll ask me behind the neck. And I'm like, no. So then, you know, so that's, <laughs> that's still out there, that's still out there lingering around. And, you know, just a little bit of explanation of why that's not, um effective or or important is it usually clears everything up and it, it i mean it, it does make sense one thing that i tell people is if we were supposed to pull a heavy weight behind our neck we would have shoulder blades in the front of our body also so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's that's honestly i like we, you know we would be like the creepiest looking uh creatures on the face of the earth <laughs> we'd have we'd have two sets of shoulder blades but um so so let's talk about uh, barbell use 
in the in the gym because I feel like a lot of people who really think they they need to build mass or they want to build mass, they feel like the only way to do that is to to use barbells, which are a great tool. I'm not bashing barbells, people. Don't get don't get freaked out. Barbells are a great tool, but that's all they are. They're a tool. They're one kind of device. You can still get uh, a great a great workout and great uh, safe um, effective exercise out of using other variations. That's why, that's why we have so many different freaking modes of exercise because they're just a tool. So a lot of times when I see people doing like a bent over row with a barbell, that's where I really see a lot of swinging, um, you know, letting it drop down away from the body. They're bent over at their hips and they're, they're pulling with not their, not their back, but they're using that momentum to jerk up to their chest. They hit their chest and they let the weight go back down. Have you seen much of that in the gym? Yeah, and same thing when you're talking about even you know the the one thing. Oh, I, let me just uh, mention for the listeners as well. It was, I mean, I, the only thing I ever used was barbells and dumbbells for over three decades. Right. And and if I could have, I would have used been able to use um, more good machines to be, have my training more effective, especially from a time standpoint. Yeah. Um, so even, even myself, when I was doing one arm dumbbell rows, for example, which was one of my back exercises, you know, rotating your torso to the side to try and use more weight, for example, uh, is, is another thing I see with, from a rowing standpoint, but, but yeah, this, there's this, um, and I, and I forget the dude's name. There's a row named after a dude and, and people are really abusing the heck out of it with respect to momentum and then just dropping the weight. You, you actually hit the ground. It's like a, a bent over row. Maybe it's Penley rows. I think maybe the dude's name is, but I see plenty of people doing exactly what you said under, under that specific name actually of rowing. So yeah. I'll have to look that up. I'm not, not familiar with it, but, and then there's the use of, of wrist straps and, you know, uh, elbow braces and things like that. When you were when you were doing like competitive um, Olympic weightlifting, what did you did you see like our powerlifting? I guess what were your what was your back training like then? Did you see people using um, you know weight belts for lat pull downs and things like that? I'm sure you did. Oh, oh yeah, everybody even like even today, the belt is used all the time. And and I mentioned in leg training, it's just, it's the same thing with any sort of training. I, I just see. Uh, again, the use of straps and and uh, overuse of of especially the sleeves. If you're talking about yeah. sleeves, any of the pressing movement, and and the sleeves are will at aid you to use more weight. I mean, these are those tight uh, neoprene sleeves that people have to have really push to you know pull up under their, their elbows, basically. Yeah, they have to have a partner to use. <laughs> yeah, exactly, or or a special technique to put them on. You know, from that standpoint, <laughs> right. I'm like. I'm like, it's still, it's like, you know, if you're in your twenties, for example, or early, you know, in your thirties and you're having to use sleeves because you've got elbow problems and you need to fix something else. Otherwise you're just using them to try and get more weight. And, and really that's not, you know, you're just kind of fooling yourself. Yeah. And luckily I don't see that as much in, in the arena that I'm in. Um, thankfully, but I do. And I know, I know that's, that's rampant and it's all about the weight and how much weight you can get up. But man, for long-term training, 
You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a young guy relatively and, you know, training age might be a little higher, but it's, I, I just see like, I'm going to, I'm going to continue exercising and training my body for another, hopefully 50 years. You know what I mean? If you put yeah. that in, in yep. if you put that, put that in perspective, I mean, you've got so much time ahead of you. Why, why waste your time now with just trying to throw up as much weight as you can and who cares about the form and, you know, or I, or I think that because the weight I'm using, I have to use this jerking motion and, oh, it, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm injured this week, but that's just the name of the game. That's just what happens. That's not, that's not part of it. And I just, I implore people to take a look at what they're doing across the board with every exercise, but, uh, you know, just specifically in terms of what we're talking about with their back training, you know, dumbbell bent over rows, single arm dumbbell bent over rows. If you have an arched back or you're using momentum to throw the weight to your shoulder and then letting it carry you back down, adjust that. If you're doing a pull down where you're swinging the weight down to your chest and then it's pulling you back up and your torso's moving, uh, you know, towards the machine and away from the machine, adjust that. If you're doing any kind, like, like you said, the, the, if you're using a pad against your chest, but it never really touches, it's only touching like, you know, your lower or your upper abdomen, adjust what you're doing, take the weight down, focus on the movement, be selective about what you're doing. Just put a little more thought into the exercise. And I think you'll get much more um, concentrated and valuable exercise out of it. You'll be safer and you'll be able to train for those, you know, next 50 or 60 years. Exactly. And, and what, to, just to kind of jump on the, on the same theme, I want to emphasize again for people out there, you know, I'm 54 I've been training since 1979 and, and I literally have to warm up. You know, you talked about warming up slow. I was kind of chuckling because I have to do that now because I feel like crap <laughs> because of like, a, like I said, from a warm up standpoint, I can really feel it. And it was because yeah. of liberties again, I, I took previously. And one other, one other point I want to make is there's nothing in the weight room you should do that should be adverse to your health. You shouldn't be exit, you know, your joint shouldn't hurt. You shouldn't be ripping muscles. You know, you shouldn't have back pain. The weight room is someplace where in strength training is, is what you're going to do is nothing but enhance uh, your ability as a human being. Nothing should be detri detrimental in my opinion. That's it. We're done. Podcast over. That's it. <laughs> I'm not going to add anything <laughs> else. That was perfect. Bill, I, I appreciate the time. I, I appreciate all the thought and the effort that you put into to every podcast and uh, the knowledge you bring to the table. And I, for, for the listeners out there, the next thing we're going to talk about, we're kind of going by muscle groups, so we're kind of breaking everything down. But the next thing we're going to talk about is uh, chest training. So the do's and don'ts, what uh, Bill does, what I do, what we see people do. So just uh, stay tuned for that, folks. And Bill, I, I appreciate the time, and we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks, Eric. It was great talking to you again. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you'd like to suggest a topic or be a part of the show, get in touch with Eric on any social media platform at Eric Feigl or email fcp at ericfeigl.com. Make sure to check back every Tuesday and Thursday for more fitness candor.